Hey everybody, welcome to It's Real with Jordan and Demi. Alongside Demi Ramos, I'm Jordan Edwards. Welcome to the show. Something happened a few weeks ago. We had Cade uh, on our show and his power went out in the middle of the feed. And Cade has been uh, gracious enough to come back on the show and try it again. So here live from Southern California, let's welcome Cade to the show. Let's go. Second is time is the on, charm. Man? Second time is the charm. Second time is the charm. So explain what exactly happened. It got windy and the yeah, and the, like the power line went out. A coyote chewed on the line. What happened? <laughs> Something weird like that. So I live kind of up in the hills here in LA and uh, it gets really windy. And basically what happened is a power line completely fell over and it bashed in and knocked out the power for the whole area. So during that time while we were doing that, I was like, I don't know if it's just like bad signal because everyone's home or what happened, but the power just completely cut out. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so so I was just totally screwed. Wow. Wow. And I wanted where we left off right when you were right when you were doing it, you mentioned that you were neighbors with Machine Gun Kelly. Is this true? Yes, this is true. <laughs> he, he lives uh, a little bit down the road from me. And do you have any interaction with him? Does it, does he does he drive by in like fancy cars with music I, playing really loud? I or? wish. You know what? I think he's just all over the place. He's a busy dude, so uh, I always see his cars out and about, but I don't usually see him. Oh, Fox come over and just like, hey, just made this like that. I I wish, out. but they, they go the never like at, you like, know the same same bars that I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, maybe, maybe you'll get a, invited to a barbecue this summer or something. Please, I hope so. That'd be what, I wonder what kind of barbecue Machine Gun Kelly would throw, like what he that's, would serve. That's honestly a great question. Do you think that he's a meat eater? I think so. But here's the question is, would he be like just a regular burgers and brats guy or would he have like fancy right. like Kobe beef grilling out there? You know, I feel like he would probably do it right. I think yeah. he, would, he, he, would, he would do it the full way. Kobe beef, a chef, like. Yeah, he always right. hire a private chef. He's not gonna do it himself. No. Yeah. No. I, I don't see MGK much, uh, flipping burgers. Yeah. In a little chef's hat and yeah. an apron. Yeah. Kiss Definitely the cook. <laughs> um, are you much of a cook grilling person? Like, what's your food prep? Oh ability? yeah. Actually, since quarantine, my chef game has like gone so much better. Uh, so basically my go-to dish is like a garlic chicken. It's actually, this isn't very original. I got this from Pinterest, but it's like a <laughs> garlic chicken, uh, that you make. It's like a, it's like a keto, like really light diet kind of food. That's like in like a, it's like a cream sauce, but it's like low fat cream sauce. It's really good. You guys it's so California. Really love it. It's so California. Mm. I mean, not. Yeah. Demi's a great cook. Are you what? What's your go-to, Demi? I was being kind of sarcastic, but my go-to is like a carton of icing, probably. <laughs> okay, so, so you're not much icing of a out of the carton. Yeah, I like sugar. Anything. Okay. Sugary. So can yeah. you talk for a sec? Okay. Let's do you it. make pop music. You've collaborated with some really cool people. Um, what was your first like? What's your first musical memory? How did you get into this stuff? So my family, actually my grandma in particular on my mom's side, um, she's very musical. She kind of grew up in Orlando around the like 
Disney scene, and uh, she actually taught Disney sync and Backstreet Boys like their harmony parts. Um, so I say that to say that music was around our family from like as early as I can remember. So like when it was holidays and stuff, like we're gathered around the piano, like everything was music based. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't, or I didn't have other options. Like I could do whatever I wanted, but music always just was the only thing that like really mattered to me. So I, I would say that like the first memory was probably like doing Christmas at my grandma's house and everyone sitting around like singing carols would probably be my first music memory. Um, but you know, I, I just decided like, there's nothing else for me. Like this, is, this is all I care about. Um, I, I like grew up with a bunch of friends that were athletes and, I was like the one musician of the group. And I was like, this is who I am, you know? If I remember correctly, was it your grandma that was, who was a Disney princess? Did you say that? A Disney princess. I don't, I don't know if I said she was a Disney princess, but <laughs> my grandma is a princess. Well, we can go there. Yeah, no, no Disney princesses in my family, unfortunately. So if not an artist, what would you be? If, you could. Um, if not an artist, I think I would be in film. I think I want to, like, I don't know, be a director or something because I've always really liked uh, videos. Like, as far as when I do, like, music video shoots and stuff, like, that's usually some of my favorite days is, like, being on set. Um, so I'd say if I didn't do music, I'd probably want to do video. When you do a music video, how collaborative is the process with the director and uh you're 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 independent what's yeah, your record yeah. label affiliation right now it always changes with people yeah yeah so I, i'm with ultra music ultra records based in new york where you guys are um which is awesome they're great um but yeah as far as far as what you're saying like as far as like collaborating with directors how much do you actually like are you in the room talking about oh. you know what lighting what looks you know what the, the concept of the video is like how much are you involved I'm very involved. Uh, I, I like to do like calls with the director. Um, when we're on set, I'm usually, you know, doing the shots myself, but then afterward I kind of come back and step over the shoulder and kind of see what's going on. I, I feel like it's very important for the artists to be heavily involved in their creative. Uh, if they feel like they have like a vision where they know what they're looking for. Like every time I'm shooting a video, I have a vision in my head of like exactly what I'm trying to get. So I, feel like I almost micromanage and make sure that what I'm envisioning is getting done on the other side. Um, because I've had experiences where you shoot videos and they don't turn out how you want it to. And there's nothing worse, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, believe me. It feels like everyone wasted their time. The no one's happy, yeah. you know? Yeah. My, my, basically what I was getting at was how big of a pain in the ass are you when it comes to, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess a bit of one, but, uh, but I, I try to be nice with everyone. That's, that's the, that's the goal. Um, yeah, but yeah, totally. I definitely, I just love being involved in everything creative. I, I try to stay heavily involved in all the direct communication with like my business. One thing yeah. that, um, aside from making electronic music and collaborating with amazing electronic artists, one thing about Cade that I think people should know is Cade was one of those guys that was walking around music festivals with glow sticks. 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm kidding. That's right. But tell us about how kind of like you fell in love with electronic music and festival. A hundred percent. So uh, like Demi's saying, I kind of grew up as a festival goer, a concert goer. Um, my my idea of fun was going out to clubs. I, I was like honestly sneaking into like 18 up clubs under 18 just to like go see these DJs. Um, and it, Bro, it was just like young. You still look young. I, I am. I'm 24. I'm a little baby. Oh my God, yeah, but I can't imagine how young it looked when you were 16, 17, like trying to get an 18. Oh, I, I don't know. So, someone should have gotten fired. <laughs> but but anywho, so I, I grew up like my friends and I were always going to concerts and shows. And that was just like what really got me excited about trying to pursue the artist thing myself is like I was a fan, you know, like I, I loved everything about this lifestyle. And then uh I always knew that I was going to pursue music, but it was kind of like when I was finishing up high school, um, I started touring and decided to leave public school and switch to online school. And I started like touring full time. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of when I decided to move to LA and just commit full time and uh, kind of just never looked back. You have a fancy platinum record plaque in the background there. Can you explain that? Yes. So this plaque is for a remix I did for Maggie Lindemann with my friends Cheat Codes. Um, so Cheat Codes and I, actually one of the members of Cheat Codes is one of my roommates. Uh, so we always collaborate closely with each other. And uh, it was really crazy how that record came about. Basically, I was living with Trevor in Studio City at the time, just another area in LA. And uh, he was very busy with touring. So they were kind of all over the place. And he was like, listen, like I have this opportunity to do a Maggie Lindemann remix, but I don't know like which direction to take it. I've tried a couple things and it's not really connecting. He's like, he's like, you want to just like see if you can kind of get something started with it. And I was like, absolutely. So I took all the stem files, like the audio files and just kind of started reworking things and showed them what I had came up with. He's like, Oh, that that's the direction. Like this inspires me. And we, we just kind of started going back and forth on it until it was done. And it, it was just crazy because it came together so naturally, you know, it was just like literally just my buddy in the house is like, how about you try this song? And then boom, you know, we, we never knew it was going to be like a big moment. You get, it has over that song. Pretty girl has over 700 million streams is that would be hard for me to wrap my head around. Like I just couldn't, you just can't and, see that. It is. It's, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, when, I remember specifically like when Trevor and I listened to the final version of the song, like I was like, oh, it's going to be great. Like, I can't wait for this to release. But I never thought like 700 million streams, you know, like never once did that cross my mind. So so the whole idea was just like it was just a crazy moment. You know, we're, we were all kind of in shock, honestly. Going into like the pop world where, you know, there's a lot of focus on streaming um, do you ever feel the pressure to like make the next biggest thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, that was something, you know, after I had that moment, that was something that was really uh, giving me a lot of pressure and anxiety was like the idea of how, how do you follow this up, you know, which was uh, kind of how I was feeling. But, but just in general, you know, I feel like with, with me making music, like my goal every time is like, I do this because I love it. Like I, I do it because my creative energy like needs to leave me somehow. And like, 
I, I don't know. I just, for me, I'm not going to be happy if I'm in the studio trying to make something for someone else. So I think like at a certain point, I realized like I'm, I'm the only version of Cade. There's no other Cade Larson out there in this world. So like if I do exactly what my own original, you know, brain is coming up with, then no one else is going to be able to replicate that because it's only me, you know? So that, that's kind of like the perspective I tried to switch up is like, not thinking about like, oh, is this going to feel like a hit? But more so like, is this you? Like, is this truly Cade? You know, is like kind of how I try to see everything when I'm in the studio. You mentioned doing other people's music. You're you're known, we kind of touched on this when we did the live stream last time. You're known yeah. mostly for your remixes, like the Ma Maggie Lindemann song. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about being known as a remixer more than no being known for... Cade solo music are you trying to change that perception you know what that's a great question because you know at the end of the day i can only be grateful for being known at all like to, to be able to be recognized for any sort of you know well streaming song or anything is just great like i don't have any problem with that whatsoever at the same time i am trying to show people that i'm a singer and i make this you know vibey r&b electronic kind of original hybrid of music and i, I want to show people that and uh, you know in, in one sense i wish that people didn't only know me as a remixer and that maybe people knew the depth of the Cade brand and what i'm really trying to aim for which is that but at the end of the day no i'm, ju I'm just grateful to to be known at all you know mm -hmm. It's funny you say, um, going back to pressure, a lot of artists come on the show and we hear this word anxiety come up. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of interesting because success and anxiety seem to be just like paired. Um, Absolutely. Your fans actually might not even have no idea. They see you, they say, wow, he's so he's, right. he's confident and he's got so much going on. What are some ways that you kind of cope with that anxiety? You know what? I love that you brought that up because – anxiety I, I really do agree with you i think that anxiety and you know just trying to do anything i would say even just in entertainment like uh entertainment brings a lot of pressure and anxiety but as far as how i try to manage it i really try to do as much as i can to like fight stress so i will meditate almost daily um i, I try to keep my fitness to the point where i'm at least like staying active or getting outside or doing something i'm not going to act like i'm some uh gym guru because i'm not at all but I, I try to just uh make sure that i'm just taking care of myself you know like getting good sleep eating a, a decent diet like i found that i have to like pack my diet with like crazy amounts of nutrients if I like want to feel good for the week. And if I don't, like, I, I don't know if it's all in my head or not, but if I don't, like, I really feel more anxiety. I feel more stress. So like, I do all these things on a daily basis to try to make sure that I'm like keeping up with all of the intensity of this business, you know, because it, it definitely can get crazy. Can you give us a little insight as, uh, as venues and, and events start opening up more, on your end, because you do love touring, you do love doing shows, festivals, right. whatever. How are you feeling about, uh, you know, the prospect of playing shows this summer? Uh, what is your management? 
what kind of conversations you're having with management. So tell us the status of that whole situation. You know what? I think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I think that everyone's starting to notice that right now. Um, it seems like, you know, all, all these big show promoters and bookers, like everyone's ready to go. We, we all want to, you know, get back to it, get back out there. Um, I know as far as my team goes, everyone's just kind of saying, you know, uh, be ready to go for when, you know, when it strikes. Uh, we have a couple college offers in the works right now. Um, which is cool because, you know, depending on where the school is located, certain schools are able to get away with certain things. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just hopeful that that hopefully soon here we'll be able to open up properly and in a way that's safe for everyone because, you know, the last thing I think that everyone should be doing is going out here and starting crazy parties before everyone can handle it. But I think that soon enough here, if everyone's going to get vaccinated, hopefully by the end of summer, like they're hoping, then I uh, I don't see a problem with, you know, everyone slowly starting to open back up in a way that, you know, maybe it's smaller capacities or, or whatever, but, but I'm definitely ready to go. I, I can't take it anymore. I'm like ready to get out. Our producer hope, um, she is saying that there are 2.2 million TikTok videos to pretty girl. And, she, you know, we're kind of interested. How did you feel? How do you feel about that? <laughs> it's just weird. You know, like, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. But it's just wild that that many people around this world have enjoyed that song or enjoyed anything that I've been a part of is, I guess, like what kind of trips me out. Like, I can't I can't believe that that many content creators made a video of my song. That, do, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, you know, but uh, but it's, it's definitely, you know, it, it's amazing. It, ju it just shows how quickly something can spread you know and it shows like uh i guess that really was a viral moment and it, it still kind of blows my mind honestly i just can't even believe it we talked about uh a little bit previously about how much of a how insane you are in terms of studio work you're at the computer all the time making new things um and then there's the other aspect of this electronic music pop music is about the music but it's also about the imagery the aesthetic how you dress, what you, you know, your appearances. Um, of course. How comfortable are you, if you know, if your as your popularity grows, about being in front of a camera? Like being with us is fine, but right. we're not Jimmy Fallon. You know, let's not Just pretend. Uh, so how do, you feel, how do you feel? How comfortable are you in terms of being on camera and selling kind of the celebrity side of your music? Um, I would say that I'm pretty comfortable. I think that all of that kind of thing tends to come from experience and, and the amount of time you've done, you know, being in that position, like as far as, you know, being on the other side of the camera and everything. Um, I feel like, you know, everyone always has a ways to go. I could definitely be more comfortable, but I feel like I'm starting to get there and, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll see, you know, if, if I do something like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, if I just get on screen and just freeze up or something, but, but I think, I think that, uh, that we got it under control. I think like Jimmy was saying earlier, it's like a lot of people might not know that you're feeling anxious or nervous, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't. And I, I feel like maybe a lot of these guys do a great job hiding it, you know, but, but we all always, you know, get, get the stomach butterflies or a little bit of nerves beforehand. I feel like that's just natural. You know, what's so crazy, Jordan. I feel like Cade for being 24 is so like mature and like 
ahead of your years. Like, I feel like there's Thank something you so about much. you that we don't know yet. There's some like serious, like what's the toughest decision you've ever made in your life? <laughs> wow. No, that, that's a good question, honestly, because yeah, well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I have an older brother that's five years older than me and an older sister that's three. Um, I, my older brother is like, we're like this, we're roommates and we do all the music stuff together. So like, it's, I spend so much time with him that I feel sometimes like I'm just at that age. And I think that's part of where the, you know, maturity side of things comes from. But, um, you know, I don't really, I don't really know as far as like the hardest decision, I would say probably moving to Los Angeles and like just deciding to actually be like, okay, I'm going to do this music thing, even if it doesn't work out. I think that that was like the hardest life decision I ever made. And I feel like the most growth I ever had was probably around 17 or 18 years old when I started being independent. And I just had to learn how to do everything completely by myself. And I feel like that's just the best way to grow is to like put yourself in this, uh, this pond of all these fish, you know, and just, just force yourself to, to, you know, compete, compete with everyone in LA. Like LA can be very intense because here, you know, everyone has a dream. Like, like I'm one of a million as far as people trying to do music in LA. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, but it's not just, everyone uh, can rock a vest like that. Hey, thank you. I was just thinking, how do you like when you get dressed in the morning, how do you how do you decide what to wear? Because you always got something interesting going on. Thank you so much. Um, well, I always feel like fashion, just in general, has been like a big part of what I love and who I am. Like I've always, uh, even back in the day, like as a young kid, I always felt like I was the one kid that was dressing different from everyone else. Like it, it was just like something I had fun with. But as far as like on a day to day. Um, you know, it's important to me to pick out like my favorite items and stuff. And I'm kind of always online shopping. I'm not going to lie. I just like always get new pieces Are and stuff. But Instagram shopping. Oh yeah. I, I, I fuck with Instagram shopping. I think it's great because, uh, it's nice that, you know, when you actually see something that someone's wearing, you can just like pull it up and just pull the tag and just grab it right from there. Like it's, I feel like Instagram shopping showed me more clothes than almost Google. Which is it's weird. a really good tool for young up and coming designers too to get their stuff out there to make it accessible right. and for people like you to easily purchase their their pieces. I actually have my merch on Instagram shop. Plug it, so plug it right now. What so do you just got? Plug in that right now. I have a, a wolf blue hoodie and a bandana that is live on Instagram shopping. So make sure you check that out. And the wolf blue hoodie is a callback to your last EP, right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody did their research. Look at oh, that. Of course, of course, of course. Love it. You know, um, the guy from Hot Ones, Sean, uh, what's his name? Yes. Um, so when I started this podcast, my dad was like, be like him. That was my that was his advice to me, was be like well, the guy. He, he does a great job. And he knows everything about everyone. So yeah. yeah. No, that, that that's great advice. I, I feel like uh, you know, I, I've done interviews in the past where like someone might not know necessarily like what they're going to ask me about. And it's just like an awkward vibe because then it's just like, I don't know, there's like a disconnect, you know what I mean? So, so it's cool that you guys, you know, do your research and make sure that you yeah. know everything about what's going on. And yeah. Like I, I thought I was that. talking to Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend for a second, you know, when I'm, <laughs> do people say you look like him? 
No, I've actually oh. never gotten that one before. Oh, okay. Um, I get Josh Hutcherson all the time, who I think is also a neighbor because I've seen him at the gym playing basketball before. But uh, I everyone always says that I look like him, which I think is kind of funny. Like I, I see it in the face for sure. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So, that's about, so you have a single coming up, Cade. Okay. I do. Who set us on fire? Um, the production features Nick Mira, aka Internet Money, Juice World, Lil Tecca, and it's dropping on April second. Give us a look. Yes. Give us April second. Who set us on fire? Um, so this is a song I did uh, a while back, but it's one that I've just been holding on to because it's really special to me. Um, I did this song in a session, like Demi said, with Nick Mira, who's a great producer. Um, you know, as she said, he did a lot of the stuff for Juice World and Little Tekka, and uh, he's just really talented. And I worked with him alongside uh, a couple of other great producers and writers. Uh, this guy named Cut Father, uh, who's Dutch, and he's amazing. Uh, and then another guy named Sako, who's a really great producer. He actually uh, did some mixing for Elton John and Surface's new song, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, the, the song is just really special to me. It's a, it's a cool song about, uh, you know, drifting apart as far as a uh, love life goes. I feel, I feel like a lot of music is about that, but, but this song, this song is different. It, this song, I feel like pushes the boundaries of electronic music and where I'm trying to head with R and B and my own brand. So I'm really excited for people to hear it. Screaming guitars, uh hard 808s the production's fat you're gonna love it now you set uh, us on fire you mentioned uh, growing apart give us the t is this is this actually about a specific person yes uh so i recently went through a breakup so oh, uh, back on yeah. the market kate is single ba back on the market kate is single uh <laughs> but yeah so so this is definitely uh about that and and it's going to be really cool to you know visualize the whole thing and i really hope that you know, the people that keep up with my music like it as much as I do because because I feel like it is probably the, the best Cade single yet. What's Looking some forward personalized to it. Cade Thank breakup you. advice for all of your guy, like, you know, little boy fans coming up? Yeah, of course. Um, my advice is try your best to be strong on your own two feet because I feel like the happier you can be by yourself – the happier you can be with someone else. And as far as a breakup goes, um, I would say that it's really important to try your best to dissociate, you know, because like the more you kind of just sit and obsess and kind of look at everything, it just stresses you out, you know? So I'd say the, the best thing to do is try your best to actually allow for some space, you know, and fo focus on keeping yourself distracted and, and trying your best to do what you can to, you know, get back on your feet and move forward and, and be happy with yourself. I saw, I saw a great TikTok the other day. It was like a viral TikTok. And this girl was basically saying, she's like, she's like, I just took myself out to eat in Miami. I just took myself on a date because I'm dating myself. And I was like, I'm dating myself right now. I fuck with that. <laughs> I think everyone should date themselves because well, you're stuck and, with and yourself. Let's not look past that you're single going into the possible reopening of shows and festivals. Just saying, just saying. You know what? Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah. Traveling, traveling might be fun. You know, well, I guess we'll just see, see what happens. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to get back to like 
you know, just the swing of normal life. I feel like we're close. Didn't didn't they just announce in New York that that they're doing small capacity shows? Or am I wrong about that? I, I missed that. I, I feel like I should know that, but I, 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 I thought they heard. said come April they're going to do like thirty three percent. Is that? Maybe I yeah. I well, know. I know they're, they're so. There's the only thing I know. They're starting with the uh, uh, the basketball arena. So the Nets at Barclays okay. are letting in twenty percent capacity. Um, nice. And, and I'm sure that uh, Yankees and Mets will probably allow that as well. Um, wow. And also, what's ha- happening? My parents are from Missouri, and they've lowered the threshold to get vaccines down to age fifty in Missouri. Oh, so that's great. It just keeps dropping. You know. Um, they actually have a surplus of vaccines in certain parts of Missouri. My stepmom had to go to a town two hours away because they had shipped too many vaccines. Like there were towns of 2000 people wow. getting 4,000 doses of vaccine, you know, right. so they had to like, and, and, wh- and why does that happen? You know, like, I don't know. Why would they distribute more than they need? Yeah. Very yeah, bizarre. But it hopefully is- we will all be vaccinated soon. Do you guys think you'll get vaccinated? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I, I'd imagine so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is uh, uh, Hope, our producer, who's laughing off screen here, she had a line. She said, I don't care if there's mashed potatoes in the vaccine. Give it to me. So, I love that. Yeah, for real. Let, yeah. Let's get this thing moving. And also, mashed potatoes kind of sound good right now. So I'm, They I'm do going. sound good right yeah, now. Yeah. Like some what's breakfast your, what's potatoes. Your, what's, what's the Cade comfort food? Like, what do you eat that's like maybe not good for you? That Fried chicken. Oh yeah, uh, I yeah. Popeyes so, or KFC are un- Unlike a lot of my fellow LA people, I do still eat meat. I'm from Florida. I'm from the South. Uh, I grew Tampa. up on fried the chicken. The strip clubs. Yes, exactly. You know, and, and the Bucks. Go Bucks. Oh, I'm a Chiefs fan. the Super sorry, Bowl sorry. this year. Oh no. Yeah. Well, I I get I, I oh, man, did this just get awkward? No, no, no. I I. The Chiefs says it should awful offensive line. There really was no chance. Um, so I'm looking for a bounce back year next year. I would love to see a Tom versus Patrick re- rematch. Let's go. And I- I'd love that too. Yeah. I, I, I don't do know if the rest of the NFL would love that, but we'd love it. Yeah. Oh, the NFL would love Mahomes and Brady too. That would be like the highest rated Super Bowl, especially and- with people there. Oh my goodness! Now the only thing is, would it would people be happy to see Brady win again? Mm, no, happen. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be too much. It'd be too much. You know what? He handles himself well, though. He's not. He's like a, he a dude. You know. No, I like absolutely. that he got drunk on tequila and was wandering around the streets, and someone had the. You know, and he like did like the misspelled uh, tweet, like "Sorry, yeah. guys, nothing to see here." Yeah, did you thing. see him? He he got classic Florida smashed when he was yes. in Tampa after the game when he won. Jimmy, I'm gonna fill you in because I can I can tell by the eyes you're like, what happened here? <laughs> so Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. And they give him the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and they're celebrating with it out uh, in the water. Like they do boat parties in Tampa. That's like a thing. So. Uh, everyone like kind of brings out their boats and connects them together. And uh, Tom actually took his trophy and threw it across the water to another boat to his players on the other side. And they like caught it over a body of water because he was just wasted. Like and everyone was looking at him like, like holy shit. Like if you drop that, 
Like that would have been a real problem, you know. And his and his daughter is sitting next to him, his eight-year-old daughter. She's like seven or eight. Yeah. She, like, Daddy, no, Daddy, no. Yeah. You hear in the background. So funny. Yeah. She's like being the responsible one. Yeah. My favorite is when they walk him out at the end of the day and they're grabbing him by his shoulders, just keeping him straight so he doesn't yeah. fall over. Yeah, that was what I was talking about. He was like obliterated. He was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I've Florida myself. That that's how we grew up. Uh in, in high school, that's what we'd do. We we'd take out the boats and we'd uh do boat parties on the weekends. That, that sounds like, like a like a really like an old like WBCW yeah. team series. It it actually does. It sounds like uh yeah Outer Banks kinda. Yeah, totally. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, Cade. Uh we gotta let you go here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Again, you guys for having me. You made it all the way through. Your voice is clear. We so did it. No power issues. We did the dang thing. We did it. Let's go. Yeah, that, let's it. go. You let's know the go. quote. How do you know? You said it like 10 times. I love it. <laughs> all right, Kate. We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. You guys have a all great right. one. All right. Bye. All right. That was Cade. You can follow him on Instagram at Cade Music. He has a new single out April 2nd. Really excited for that. And we're excited for the prospect of new, uh, of more shows and, and outdoor, first starting with outdoor shows, uh, uh, festivals. So we uh, hopefully we have a, a really fun summer coming this way. I do want to make an announcement, Demi. Mm -hmm. Big moment for one of our guests coming up tonight. Willie Jones, who was on our show a couple months ago, is making his late night de debut on Jimmy Fallon tonight. And so tune into that and go to our Spotify. Uh, look up It's Real Jordan Demi on Spotify to listen to that interview. We're really happy when any of our guests like make it through, uh, go to late night. So that's wow, really that's cool. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Let's you could go. Demi. Let's go. Let's go. All right, guys. So be sure to uh, check out our whole archive on popdust.com or on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your music. And of course, you can watch the video versions on YouTube and Facebook. So until next week, we'll see you later. Thanks for watching.